guys, welcome to the very first joint episode of the Spin Cycle Podcast and Easter Egg Hunt, a Taylor Swift podcast. Now, you might have noticed that I've been a little MIA lately, and that is for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I started a new job back in June, which I actually really like, but it's been a super big adjustment for my schedule, and so it's been harder to find time to record lately and so much has happened in the pop culture world that I feel like I've just like needed to digest a little bit and along those same lines like I've started to get some pop culture content fatigue because like in this day and age in 2023 it's insane how fast news travels and how quickly content creators are expected to churn out content but with so many important and like pivotal cultural moments taking place, I've just felt like it's jumping on the mic or just like, you know, doing a green screen TikTok (laughs) or whatever, like regurgitating headlines. So right now between Taylor Swift's re-recordings and Britney Spears' memoir, we are getting unprecedented access to our, some of our biggest pop stars in history. Like I feel like some of us need to really like take a second to appreciate what's happening and what that all means like for, pop culture as a whole, celebrities like as a whole and um, artists and their ownership of their music and their like name, image and likeness. Um, And so I just feel like that all being said, it's really important to me to like take some time and step away from creating for a little bit so that my content stays like authentic and like true to like what I believe. So um, yeah, all that being said, um, this episode is all about Taylor Swift and her re-release of 1989. And I plan to dedicate a full episode of The Spin Cycle to Britney soon as well. And of course, we are overdue also for a Bravo episode with Devin. BravoCon just took place this past weekend, and there's just so many different franchises on at once right now and about to debut, so we have just so much to discuss. Um, All of that is coming very soon. Now, let's dive into 1989. Taylor's version. Really fast, I do want to kind of go back to like the comparison to Britney right now. I feel like there's a lot of similarities between Taylor's Taylor's version project and Britney Spears's recent memoir. Um, it's really like completely in their own words for the first time. And with like 1989 Taylor's version, her prologue, I feel like provides just like so much context to this album that we didn't have before. And I think that's the same for pretty much all of these albums with her re-releases she's been able to really like tell a a whole different side to each of these stories that were presented to us at the time in a different lens and a different light and now we can kind of like look back on them like together with them kind of walking through um them walking through like some of their biggest moments so that's what's so like similar about Britney Spears' memoir and her talking about all these like iconic moments like the VMA's performance with the snake and how scared she was and how it hissed at her at one point like we never knew any of that um so it's really interesting to look back at these like huge moments in time alongside some of our like biggest pop stars and just like what it was like for them and I think it's a great reminder that celebrities are human beings And that is something that we tend to easily forget, especially when those said celebrities are women. So I'm going to quickly read just a few 
um, bits and pieces from the prologue. They're always very long, especially this one in Speak Now. Um, I'm going to read just some pieces that I found to be particularly pointed or like relevant in today's society or just like looking back at this particular album, 1989. She starts it by saying, when I was 24, I sat in a backstage dressing room in London, buzzing with anticipation. My backup singers and bandmates gathered around me in a scattered circle. Scissors emerged and I watched in the mirror as my locks of long curly hair fell into piles on the floor. There I was in my plaid button down shirt, grinning sheepishly as my tour mates and friends cheered on my haircut. This simple thing that everyone does, but I had a secret. For me, it was more than a change of hairstyle. When I was 24, I decided to completely reinvent myself. How does a person reinvent herself, you ask? In any way I could think of musically, geographically, aesthetically, behaviorally, motivationally, and I did it so joyfully. And I did so joyfully. The curiosity I had felt the first murmurs of while making red had amplified into a pulsing heartbeat of restlessness in my ears. The risks I took when I toyed with pop sounds and sensibilities on red, I wanted to push it further. The sense of freedom I felt when traveling to bustling cities, I wanted to live in one. The voices that had begun to shame me in new ways for dating like a normal young woman, I wanted to silence them. And she says, you see, in the years of preceding this, I had become the target of slut shaming, the intensity and relent relentlessness of which would be criticized and called out if it happened today. The jokes about my amount of boyfriends, the trivialization of my songwriting as if it were a predatory act of a boy crazy psychopath, the media co-signing of this narrative. I had to make it stop because it was starting to really hurt. It became clear to me that for me, there was no such thing as casual dating or even having a male friend who you platonically hang out with. If I was seen with him, it was assumed I was sleeping with him. And so I swore off hanging out with guys, dating, flirting, or anything that could be weaponized against me by a culture that claimed to believe in liberating women, but consistently treated me with the harsh moral codes of the Victorian era. Being a consummate opt optimist, I assumed I could fix this if I simply changed my behavior. I swore off dating and decided to focus only on myself, my music, my growth, and my female friendships. If I only hung out with female friends, people couldn't sensationalize or sexualize that, right? I would learn later that people could and people would. Then she describes um, collaborating with Max Martin and Shellback and Jack Antonoff to create the beats that would later become 1989. And she talks about, she talks about this really being her coming of age. And she says, it turns out that the cocktail of naivete, hunger for adventure and freedom can lead to some nasty hangovers, metaphorically speaking, of course. Everyone had something to say, but they always will. I learned lessons, paid prices, and tried to don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. I'm sorry, I have to say it. Shake it off. Then she addresses us, the fans, and says, I'll always be so incredibly grateful for how you loved and embraced this album. You who followed my zigzag creative choices and cheered on my risks and experiments. You who heard, who heard the wink and humor in blank space and maybe even empathized with the pain behind the satire. You who saw the seeds of allyship and advocating for equality and welcome to New York. You who knew that maybe a girl who surrounds herself with female friends in adulthood is making up for a lack of them in childhood, not starting a tyrannical hot girl cult. You who saw that I reinvent myself for a million reasons and that one of them is to try my very best to entertain you. You who have had the grace to allow me the freedom to change. I was born in 1989, reinvented for the first time in 2014, and a part of me was reclaimed in 2023 with the re-release of this album I love so dearly. And then she essentially introduces the album. So once again, I feel like we got like a lot of context in that short, you know, 
snippet. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten paragraphs of just like basically a journal entry on this time in her life. And we learned so much about so many different things. And um, it's really interesting that it's focused so heavily on this like transformation of hers and not so much on the subject of the love songs, which really her prologues never are. They sometimes are Um, like, I would say that the red one kind of like alludes just to being like, you know, truly in love for the first time. And um, again, just kind of the coming of age that that is in and of itself. Um, But I feel like we learned a lot about her perspective on this time in her life. And we are hearing from her for the first time just how hurtful it was to be cast in the light that she was and be scrutinized by her dating choices when she was really doing what all of us were doing or should have been doing (laughs) at that age um I know I was personally so yeah (laughs) So since the debut of the re-recorded album, Taylor has broken her own record by being the biggest Billboard debut of her career. It's her 13 number one debut so makes it extra special for her (laughs) so 1989 actually has become taylor's most streamed spotify album in a single day taylor's version that is um and this is a title that she previously held with her 2022 album midnights um so she just broke her own record once again (laughs) an interesting note about this album is that it has zero features on it other than Kendrick Lamar recreating his original feature on Bad Blood on the deluxe version of the album. Many of the songs sound like very similar to their originals, which I think is a good thing. Um, But some that sound to me very different include Clean. Um, It's got a slower tempo and Imogene's background vocals are clearly very different. And then style has a very different mix. I would say that like vocally it sounds very similar, but the production is definitely different. I personally find Shake It Off to be pretty similar to the original. Same with Out of the Woods. I feel like those are very true to the previous mixes. And I mean, this makes sense because she's like working with all the same people again (laughs) and has been for a long time. So going through the track list, number one, we have Welcome to New York. Number two is Blank Space. Three is Style. Four, Out of the Woods. Five is All You Had to Do Was Stay. So we discussed on the track five um, episode that this is a really interesting, like track five, it definitely stands out from all the others because it's a little happier. She um, also spoke in an interview about how that was inspired by a dream. So going through the track list, we have one, Welcome to New York, two, Blank Space, three, Style, four, Out of the Woods, Five, all you had to do is stay, shake it off, I wish you would, bad blood, wildest dreams, how you get the girl, this love, I know places, clean, wonderland, you are in love, and new romantics. Then tracks 17 through 21 are the vault songs, which include slut, which I'm obsessed with. I think that's probably my favorite. Say don't go, now that we don't talk, which is very popular on TikTok right now, suburban legends, And lastly, number 21, Is It Over Now? And that one seems to be the most like 
across the board trending song. Fans are speculating that Is It Over Now is about Harry Styles and it's a pretty cutting song and like super honest um and that i feel like gives us a lot more context to the harry styles romance um it's interesting when she says your new girl is my clone because harry styles did date this one victoria's secret model nadine leopold and she does look exactly like taylor and they're like the exact same height (laughs) the exact same hair color um they have the same like shaped eyes it's very weird um so and he did date her right after, all the while kind of like mixing and mingling with Kendall Jenner, but that doesn't seem to be who this song's about. Although um, she does mention, you know, models. So she says models plural, which Harry Styles did have a thing for models. Like Google, Google models Harry Styles dated and you'll get a long list. Nadine got married last year to some guy. Um, so yeah, that didn't last. <laughs> There are potentially some nods to John Mayer, question mark, um, in the song Now That We Don't Talk. She, she says, now that we don't talk, I don't have to pretend I like acid rock, which refers to like jam bands like Fish and shit like that and like the Grateful Dead. And that is um, famously something that John Mayer is into. He's like a big jam band guy. It wouldn't be too far-fetched to say that it could potentially also be about Jake Gyllenhaal because she did write a lot about him being into indie bands. Um, <laughs> we know that. So I guess either could fit, but to me, it just seems like very pointedly at John Mayer with that lyric. Um, but perhaps not because the timeline suggests that it's probably Jake Gyllenhaal if it's not Harry Styles, but what a you know, who knows? In my opinion, I think that this is her best re-record so far, followed closely by Red. Um, these vault tracks are undeniably superior to most of the vault tracks she's released and i say that as somebody who's like a vault track stan so um i do want to shout out because um i know that that ranks fearless and speak now lower i did love those vault tracks and specifically on fearless you all over me i fucking love that song (laughs) and that's like um cleans like uh older sister basically and i love i love that duo so shout out to fearless i don't want to i don't want to hate on fearless or speak now but i do think that this re-record is just like unmatched and it's taylor's favorite so i mean you know that has to count for something and of course i just want to reiterate my uh, prediction for reputation i truly believe that we are gonna have reputation announced sometime around Thanksgiving. So I'm thinking like end of this month or early December, maybe like the beginning of Sagittarius season or something. Um, Because honestly, reputation is so Sagittarius coded that it makes sense. Um, (laughs) So I think that that is going to be announced somewhere around Thanksgiving or a little bit after. And then I think that it's going to debut on New Year's Day. And that tracks with the recent like cadence of her announcements and then the releases of the re-record. So Taylor announced Speak Now, Taylor's version on May 5th in Nashville. And okay, so she announced it then and then it came out on July 7th. So that is about two months, like almost to the date. Then she announced one month later 
on August 9th that 1989 Taylor's version was coming October 27th. So again, about two months. So in about one month from now, November 6th, or really, so about one month from October 27th is November 27th. And then two months from that is around New Year's Day. So it totally tracks with the cadence of the re-releases and it just would make sense for Reputation to be released on New Year's Day because of the sweet love song that reminds me of my angel husband, um, <laughs> New Year's Day. Now, since Taylor Swift has been way more public lately, I want to just kind of gossip a little bit about her whereabouts, um, who she's been seen with, and of course her relationship that's budding with Travis Kelsey. Recently, Travis became the Chiefs' all-time leading receiver, um, and I don't know if that's catches or yards, but I guess it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but And Taylor Swift liked um, People Magazine's post about it on Instagram, which is a big deal because she never interacts with anything on social media. So um, she was like quietly showing support for him that way. And um, that's kind of cool because they both broke records like over the same weekend. So hashtag power couple. She was also recently spotted out with Brittany Mahomes, which I'm just gonna be honest, I fucking hate. I do not like that girl. And I'm not gonna get into it on here because that's not what this is about. But um, I think she's like a bad representation of Texas girls. Um, <laughs> she was also with um selena gomez Gigi hadid and sophie turner and then just like that just like that a couple days later selena gomez's beauty brand rare beauty um posted like a long post in support of the humanitarian crisis in gaza and urging people to donate they are raising money for a cause which if you don't know Gigi hadid is palestinian and so um selena also like recently came under fire for like liking some of amy schumer's uh, basically like xenophobic instagram posts and so it was interesting that she was spotted out with taylor and Gigi, and then immediately like kind of like changed <laughs> her public stance on things um so seems like they had a come to jesus moment with her and for some reason Brittany mahomes was invited also for the game on sunday Taylor hosted some of the Chiefs' wives and girlfriends over to watch the game because it was held in Germany this week. So not all of the wags got to attend, but they did get to watch it at Taylor Swift's house. So that's pretty sick. And I'm very jealous. So um, to my husband, if you're listening, you should have been a football player. So something that like really sent me down a rabbit hole about Taylor Swift recently is that I saw like an interview clip of Harry Styles talking about how he like totally respects her writing process and anyone else's writing process and like doesn't hold any like ill feelings towards being written about. And that made me want to dive into which celebrities have written songs about Taylor since we always talk about who Taylor Swift's songs are about. We don't spend as much time <laughs> talking about the songs that are written about her. Obviously, we have to start out this list by mentioning Much Better by the Jonas Brothers, which was essentially a response to 
all of Taylor's songs about Joe. So first of all, there's a lyric in the song that says something about tears on her guitar, which is like extremely pointed, obviously. (laughs) There was also a lyric in there that said, now I'm done with superstars and he's changed it to say, now I'm cool with superstars. But now that she's hanging out with Sophie post-divorce, I wonder if he's still singing that like that. Because (laughs) I went to the Jonas Brothers concert right before their divorce was announced. And he said that he said the new lyric. So I'm wondering if he's still singing the new lyric or if he's switched it back. And one that immediately comes to mind, especially given that this is the 1989 Taylor's version episode, is perfect by one direction um i actually love that song i'm not a one directioner but i do love this song and it is post zane i think which is crazy but yeah anyway and of course there's one specific line that seems very pointed to taylor is it says and if you're looking for someone to write your breakup songs about um so there's that of course. And then another Harry Styles song, um, actually from his like first solo album, I believe, um, his self-titled album, Two Ghosts, is seemingly about Taylor. He says, same lips red, same eyes blue, same white t-shirt, couple more tattoos. And that kind of riffs off of Style, um, where she discusses, of course, red lipstick. <laughs> then there's Paper Doll by John Mayer, which is just like a bitch ass move on his part. (laughs) Honestly, Um, obviously he was like very cross with her Um, when she released Dear John, thought it to be quote unquote cheap songwriting and was all like, I didn't do anything. Um, And then about a year later, he released a song called Paper Doll. And uh, he says something about her being 22 girls in one just pointed and then says something about someone's gonna paint you another sky which is very similar to her you paint me a blue sky then go back and turn it to gray or rain i think it's rain Um, and then he really recently said at a concert in sacramento that the song came from a place of hurt feelings and that it was kind of a bitchy move like i said (laughs) then of course there's Katy perry's shitty diss track (laughs) swish swish um which was Released during the famous feud of 2014. So a whole three years after Bad Blood comes out, (laughs) Katy Perry finally releases Swish Swish in 2017 and essentially sings about how um, her op is outdated and not relevant. And the video also has a lot of references to like basically mimicking the Bad Blood video and but like not totally on the nose like It's almost a little too different (laughs) to even like totally pick up on it. All right, guys, hopefully I'll be back in early December with an update about how I was right about the release of Reputation and when it's coming out. Um, But if not, then I'll find something else to talk about. Um, appreciate all of you being so patient with me during this weird adjustment period. I am going to be taking kind of a holiday break from the spin cycle podcast but we'll continue to release easter egg hunt so watch out for those new episodes and stay tuned for a britney and bravo themed episode on the spin cycle um sometime during this little mini holiday hiatus all right i'll see you next time